Womanjika, haramai, and welcome to Voices of Regen, a place for unapologetically bold conversations about regenerative business. Call Claire Wild, Tokoingawa. I'm Claire Wild, and today I'm joining from the lands of the Wurundjeri people. At Voices of Regen, we think that knowing whose land you're on is really important um, as a part of regenerative business. It helps us to connect with the places that we work in, including the local cultures, communities, and ecosystems. So for all of our listeners, we really encourage you uh, to take a look and find out whose land you're um, connecting from today and listening to this podcast on. Now, on today's episode, we're talking all about storytelling and reporting. So as the business community becomes increasingly aware of its relationship with people and the planet, we're seeing a really big trend towards storytelling and reporting as a way of communicating businesses' impact in the world, whether that's their positive or their negative impacts. So this means that organizations are increasingly interested in, in telling their stakeholders what they're doing and why it matters. And to learn more about this and how it works in practice, we're really excited to be welcoming on a couple of brilliant guests today. We've got Erin Morris and Grace O'Hara joining us, and we'll be introducing the two of them um, a little bit more in just a moment. So Erin Morris is the founder of Young Folks, which is a marketing agency that amplifies the growth and impact of responsible brands. They're a member of 1% for the Planet, uh, they're a B Corp, and they're also Australia's first agency to have its carbon, carbon neutral credentials certified by Climate Active for both the service and the organisation. So lots of pretty awesome credentials. Um, backing up your work there, Erin, at Young Folks. And we're also joined by Grace O'Hara, who is a storyteller and evaluator who is obsessed with impactful projects, products, and business models. As the co-founder of Small Fires, Grace helps bring to life stories and games that help kids learn about different cultures and languages. Um, so really, really excited today to explore with Erin and Grace exactly um, how storytelling, reporting and communication has played a role in the growth of both of your businesses. Um, so let's hand over to Erin and Grace now. And um, maybe Erin, you might like to introduce yourself first. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about yourself, your organization and your role. Hello, and thank you for having me. I'm joining in today from Boon country, um, the Mornington Peninsula, and really excited to jump into this conversation uh, about storytelling and reporting. Uh, being a marketer, um, that's basically my job, storytelling and reporting. <laughs> um, I really see marketing as activism, um, in my mind, Activism is campaigning to create the change that you want to see in the world. So marketers, therefore, really are empowered to be the ultimate activists. And so that's kind of, you know, for me, a big part of my job and working in young folks with brands that are making a positive impact for the world. Our, our marketing work for them is by design advocating for positive change um, not just limiting harm, but yeah, really advocating for that positive change and doing that through sharing their stories, through amplifying their voice um, and then being able to report on that too and, and measure that change. Erin, that's awesome. And one um, maybe slightly more personal question that I'd love to hear from you is if you could share one of your own life experiences that symbolizes regeneration to you. 
So maybe oh, that's totally. like something from your childhood or... Totally. So I was really fortunate to go to a primary school on the Mornington Peninsula that was very environmentally um, aware and focused. Like one of our projects that we did when I was a student at the primary school was building a wetland adjacent to the school. So right from being like a little five-year-old, I've been out there in the dirt digging and planting trees and I still walk past the wetlands in Balmarine sometimes these days and just feel proud that something that was created by my hands and my family's hands and the other students and teachers that I was at school with has gone on to create this ecosystem that coexists with the school and gives back it's regenerated what was just an empty plot of sort of old farmland into a really beautiful natural habitat for for animals and insects and nature and for people to walk through and experience as well so I sometimes wonder if that touch point in my young you know life has what you know has really shaped my my career and my path into impactful work it's so cool Erin and I think that's something that we see a little bit forgotten about sometimes in um you know the way that society in its present form looks at uh, our relationship with nature is that we sometimes forget it and we sometimes overlook it so it's really cool to hear that from such a young age uh, you, you were really fortunate to be brought up with such a strong connection to nature and understanding you know society's relationship with nature so that's very cool to hear Grace I'd love to flip to you now and just hear a little bit more about um, yourself and your work at Small Fires yeah uh, thanks for having me and so great to be here with you Erin um, I'm dialing in from Wurundjeri Woiwurrung country, uh, close to the Mary Mary uh, in the north of Melbourne. So um, yeah, really happy to be here. So I guess I wear a lot of different hats um, in my introduction. I'm a storyteller and an evaluator, which I do with a variety of different organizations, but um, I also uh, am a co-founder of Small Fires, which is kind of my experiment in making change. Um, in a way that I can kind of run a business exactly how um, me and Patty, my co-founder, uh, want to, which is really cool. Um, so Small Fires is a company that makes, or a social enterprise that makes um, books, toys, and games that aim to spark curiosity and celebrate diversity. So we're all about um, helping kids learn more about difference, whether that's different languages, different cultures, different ways of being and playing. Um, and we do this by partnering with change makers from all over the world. Uh, and in the case of our books and stories, um, we're all about giving people a platform to share uh, their story in their own words really authentically. Grace, I love that concept of um, giving others a platform. And I think that's something, again, that might get a little bit forgotten. Um, definitely working in the corporate sector, I think sometimes um, through my work personally, I, I see lots of organizations uh, getting really focused on talking about what, what they do and trying to sort of get everyone else on board with their way of seeing things. And so I think that, think that concept of um, helping to give other people a voice and being a platform for others is, is so important and sometimes overlooked. So that's really brilliant to hear. Um, similarly to Erin, I'd love to flip to you and just hear a little bit more about if you've got an experience that symbolizes regeneration to you. Yeah, definitely. Um, unlike Erin, I kind of grew up in the suburbs and didn't have, I don't know, wasn't immersed in nature uh, fully until when I was about 12, 
my family decided to move to a rural area and was not a fan of that at first. I kind of went from, you know, having all these childhood friends growing up to moving to the middle of nowhere when there was not much to do. Um, and not one, sorry, no one that I really knew. Um, but I found as I kind of explored, um, you know, around the property and wandering around in the bush, um, my mind kind of took over the entertainment and we just kind of have this expansive imagination. Um, and I've always been an avid reader and an avid writer. And I found when I kind of sat in that peace and that stillness that so many more ideas would come to me. And I have just such fond memories of sitting out out the front on the grass, watching the sunset and just, you know, being so inspired to write. Um, and I find that nature is just um, an incredible resource of of inspiration um, and connectedness and which is all about you know what storytelling is about after all so whenever I kind of want to write from the heart now I always find myself retreating to nature and just sitting in that stillness to to do my best work oh that's so cool um oh I really love that idea of recognizing the role that nature plays in creativity and in our own um sort of existence and in our own work and so I really love that you've been able to use that as a source of inspiration for, for your work Grace. Um, Grace I, I might stick with you uh, to sort of delve into some of the meaty discussions today um, and one thing that I really picked up on when we were sort of teeing up this podcast recording and thinking about what we might talk about were all of these different words that sometimes overlap and kind of relate so you know words like storytelling reporting, communication, all that sort of thing. Um, those words can sometimes be used interchangeably and sometimes they can mean really similar things or really different things. And um, we're really keen to learn more about what these words mean to you and your work. So firstly, I'd just love to hear what storytelling and reporting look like um, to you and your work. And, and that could be, Grace, within you know small fires or, or the other work that you do. Um, and I'd just be really interested to hear if you have any reflections on how they might be similar and how they might be different. Definitely. Um, spoiler alert, we did get a set of questions to help us prepare for the conversation. So I know there's one about how we uh, do storytelling with others a little bit later. So I'll, I'll refrain from talking about that part, which is a huge part of what we do at Small Fires and more on um, that really great question around like, what's the difference between reporting and storytelling, um, which I've never really, they do get used interchangeably. And um, until you'd asked it, I was like, oh yeah, what is the difference? And I think for me um, as an evaluator and a storyteller, reporting is more relying on data and statistics and facts, whereas stories are more about that emotional connection. And I think when you're an impact-led business, you kind of have to use both. And knowing what that mix is, depending on the moment and depending on the audience is really crucial. So um, as a social enterprise, obviously we, we try and get funding or we do crowdfunding. Um, and there it's about building trust. It's about you know, helping people understand the need for your work or the need for your intervention and what you're doing, what your hypothesis is or what you're, you're doing um, and what changes you expect to see from that. So most of that is data, but you know, when you're talking about long-term change and long-term impact, it gets really intangible and quite often you can't measure that so that's a really important part for when storytelling um, comes in and for our customers um, 
Yeah, it's really interesting. We like we're a young business. We're still figuring this out, and I'm really interested to hear what Erin has to say. But um, I was reflecting on this, and I feel like I can share a little anecdote. You know, when we started, um, we started with one picture book, and it's sustainably made. You know, we're a social enterprise. It's got impact embedded into it. We're, it, you know, had all the features you could ever want. I'm like, well, clearly, it's it's a no brainer, right? Um, but what we found is like people are just overwhelmed. Like they're just like people don't buy based on logic. They're buying with their hearts and they're buying with a connection to a cause and a brand. So um, some of the, the storytelling that we've been doing is more about, you know, what as a person is going to get out of this particular product and the fact that it's sustainably made and contributing to all these other things is definitely part of the story, but that comes a bit later. Um, so yeah, it's learning to deal with that mix of, hard facts and story learning to deal with that that mix of impact and what it does for someone in that very um traditionally like commercial sense is really interesting and something that we're still definitely learning to grapple with I think that's so interesting Grace and definitely reflecting on my work having sort of worked in the consulting world with um you know not-for-profits and also corporates I think there's this often you get this common theme where people say oh well it's obvious what we do or you know it's obvious that our work makes the world a better place or if only people had the right facts then they would you know be fully on board with our work and totally support us or um and it's really interesting because that point you made around that emotional connection and um sort of bringing people on board with what you're doing and and why it matters and getting them really invested in that I think sometimes that gets overlooked and it's really cool to hear the way that you've used more of that storytelling and sort of emotional connection to help bring your customers on the journey with you and, and um, really get people on board with what you're doing rather than just telling them that it's a good thing. Erin, super curious to hear if you have any reflections on um, what Grace has just said and sort of more broadly, the potential similarities and differences in your context between storytelling and reporting. I completely agree with the sentiment that people connect with, connect emotionally, and that's how they make a decision. When we look at the psychology of behaviour, which really influences a lot of decision-making in marketing, rarely do people make a decision or change a behaviour because they want to or because they have to. It's usually because they believe it can help them achieve a desired future state. And so it's really tied up into how we see ourselves, how we want to present ourselves to the world and be perceived. And so, you know, a decision we make today about what even something as simple as like what, you know, groceries we might buy from the supermarket will be motivated by a desired future state, whether that's buying the cheaper item because you want to save money or whether that's buying, you know, the organic, sustainably sourced fair trade item because you want to have a positive future state for the world and also to show that you care to anybody that consumes that item with you. <laughs> so when we think about storytelling and reporting in marketing, um, they're essential, they're both essential. The storytelling piece for us is about helping facilitate behaviour change and even on the most small minute level. And the reporting part is about that transparency and integrity of, you know, backing up your 
well, substantiating your claims. And sometimes that's achieved simply with kind of brand check marks, like a B Corp um, logo is, and in a way, it's a micro reporting element where you're you're substantiating a behaviour within your organisation, but how you communicate what B Corp means for you and how that influences who you work with is going to be the thing that people really connect with. So they, they need to both be there. And for us, it's really about the storytelling is embedded across how we communicate in our organisation. So that might be, you know, the, the reporting standard is we're a B Corp or the reporting standard is we're giving 1% of revenue to 1% to the planet, um, sorry, 1% for the planet. Um, but then we communicate that to our clients as like, this is where a portion of your revenue, when you, or not your revenue, but your payment when you work with us is going here to these things. Or as a B Corp, we have made a conscious decision to only work with clients that are making a positive impact for people and planet. So if you don't fit that criteria, we're not going to work together. So the storytelling happens in a lot of different touch points for us as well. And, and it's supported and substantiated by the reporting. And in my background, I came from bigger corporates. I've been in marketing teams and had to write impact reports and sustainability reports for big corporations. So I know exactly what needs to go into a big one. And I know how hard it is to do that in a small business setting when you don't have a sustainability manager or an impact manager or a brand activism manager or a marketing manager and a copywriter and a designer to pull all of this together. And so finding other ways, little micro moments to storytell and communicate your impact and your regenerative practices is also okay. And I think we need to encourage more businesses to find simple ways to communicate and share their stories so that they don't feel overwhelmed and, and also so they don't feel bad if they haven't got a hundred page impact report, you know, at year five of their business existing. Erin, I think one point you made there, which um, was particularly a bit of a light bulb moment for me, was that um, I think you referred to them as micro reporting. So things like being B Corp certified or, um, you know, contributing to 1% for the planet and those types of certifications, I think is a really interesting way of looking at reporting because um, if we take B Corp, for example, um, you know, the B Corp certification is a certification with its own story behind it. And, you know, as it's all organized and, you know, run by B Lab. Um, also, if any of our listeners are curious to learn more about B Corp, we've actually got a whole episode all about it um, and all about how my co-host, co-host Matt, who's not here today, um, has uh, become a B Corp at Regeneration Projects. Um, so, yeah, if anyone's interested in learning more about that, then definitely jump back into that episode. Uh, but yeah, sorry, that concept of, um, you know, existing certifications like B Corp, like 1% for the Planet that have their own stories behind them, being able to firstly use those certifications as a way of setting up a really robust and impactful business model, um, and then calling on those, almost the label that comes with those certifications as a way of really um, credentialing what you do and communicating that story with your stakeholders, whether they're, you know, customers, partners, funders, the whole shebang. Um, I think that example you gave, Erin, is such an interesting way of looking at reporting because it's, in many ways, can be really efficient and really slick and succinct. And it sounds like a really cool opportunity for, um, you know, lots more organisations 
who do have the capacity and the resources to you know get that certification um, to sort of figure out how those certifications can support them in their own reporting. Erin, um, we might stick with you again for the next question. And we've talked a little bit about how Grace and Erin, through your own work, uh, you're approaching uh, storytelling and reporting. Really curious to hear how, through your work, you support other businesses and individuals with storytelling and reporting. For example, you know, clients or um, other people that you work with. Sure. Um, so like I said, most of our work as marketers is comprised of storytelling and reporting through various mediums and platforms and networks. Uh, and so we're constantly thinking about how we can share information to influence that desired outcome. And we're also thinking about how we can use data and reporting to quantify or substantiate that that happened. And also to connect them together. And what we find a lot of the time is it's quite a lovely kind of circle where we get data from some marketing efforts that inform another kind of iteration of marketing. And an example of that might be um, a client that has a database of subscribers or customers that they can engage with and asking them to share information with us that we can then use um, to inform advocacy work you know if they're and this sort of happens a lot in our in our space because the clients that we're working with are impact-led purpose-led businesses that are trying to enact positive change and to amplify their impact so a lot of what we're kind of doing is getting information and using their platform as a brand their owned and earned um, and paid media to reach an audience and influence behavior there so an example of that might be getting information about we work with a beautiful brand called Australian Birth Stories and they Sophie who leads Australian Birth Stories has created so much amazing content to help birth parents have positive birth experiences and through that work we can kind of advocate for positive um, change for birth parents and for and even like scale that all the way up to try and advocate for policy change as well so on a micro level it might be you know a birth parent accessing a course on an individual level to help them have a better birth experience but on a macro level it's scaling up to advocating for you know what kind of birth experience is better for society um, on the whole so that's how we kind of use the marketing and reporting with clients and we really look at work with them to identify how their business is aligning with one of the sustainable development goals or aligning with the five capitals and use that as a framework to kind of go okay well based on what you align with and what you want to achieve how can we tell your story to you know amass a community of people that are aligned with your mission and they might become your customers they might just stay your community and really be in there in support of you they might become your investors or your funders or your employees there's a lot of ways that people can engage with the business and then how can we keep reporting on that that impact that's being made and sometimes the impact that we're reporting on is very marketing specific. Like we've reached this many people and this many of them took the desired action. But sometimes we're diving deeper as well and looking at you know, where that those bigger macro kind of goals um, are happening. 
Yeah, Erin, that's such an, um, a really cool way of explaining positive impact that you can create through, you know, really good storytelling and reporting. I think what you mentioned around advocating for policy change is such an important way of using really effective storytelling and reporting to create a positive impact. And I think also a couple of points that you touched on, uh, like linking up with um, existing frameworks that people recognize, like the Sustainable Development Goals or the five capitals um, are also really cool ways of making sure that you're uh, telling your story in a way or in language that resonates with the people you're communicating with. So for example, if that's, you know, say you're advocating to government and they have some priorities around the sustainable development goals and you can say, well, here's how we link up to those sustainable development goals. So it's a no brainer to support our work. I think that's such a cool way of going about it. Grace, I'd love to flip to you now and hear a little bit more about um, the way that you support people um, to, you know, tell their stories and um, communicate their stories through your work at Small Fires. I know that you alluded to this a little bit earlier in the podcast where you said that you've got some nuggets of wisdom to share later on. So now is the time. <laughs> Oh, it's just like one of those places where like you scratch the stuff, you know, where you get like cornered by like an aunt at a Christmas party and they just talk your ear off. That's like me on this topic. So <laughs> feel free to just jump in at any moment. Um, but yeah, storytelling is really interesting for us because we do it as a business um, in many of the ways that Erin has just said and, you know, all of the complex ways that, you know, dipping a toe in the water compared to your work probably, Erin. Um, and then it's also a really important vehicle for change for us. So um, in kids' book publishing, it's probably no surprise that there is a massive lack of uh, rep representation. So um, about 80% of books on shelves at the moment either feature a character that's white uh, or an animal or an inanimate object um, like a digger or a fart as is becoming popular these days which you know it's really hard to, <laughs> to go up against a fart when you're an impact-led business I can tell you that um so yeah basically that means about 23 percent of books have room for every other culture that exists on this beautiful planet that we all inhabit together so um What's worse as well, just to add complexity to that, is even when you have a character, sorry, a book that features a character from a different culture, um, quite often those stories are written by people who are not of that culture. Um, so, you know, that same aunt that's cornering you at the Christmas party might have gone on holiday somewhere, had a really lovely experience, uh, wanted to come home, write a book, and that's great. Um, but quite often that's creating a story that doesn't paint the full picture or is full of stereotypes perhaps or their own biases about what that culture is so for us our work like I said at the beginning is about giving people a platform to share their own story about their own culture in a way that's really authentic um, to them so um, I guess why that matters is there's this really beautiful saying and there's probably a quote somewhere and I'm going to make it horrific but stories are kind of like windows and they're like mirrors so they're windows in that they give you a glance into somebody else's life but they're also mirrors because they reflect your own experience back and if you can't see yourself reflected back that really shapes what you believe is possible if you can't see yourself reflected back um, it says that you're not important your experience doesn't matter or you 
sorry, you might need to be more like someone else. Um, so we started as a publishing company. Um, we now do games and toys as well, which is a lot of fun. Um, but we make books <laughs> by partnering with different people from around the world who are already making change in their communities. And we basically tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, do you want to tell us what it's like growing up where you are? Um, and it's been really surprising and amazing that everybody seems to have a story inside of them just waiting to be told um, because we've never had a problem in getting people to tell their own stories. Um, so then we, we shape that up, put it into a kid's book and um, sell it, for lack of a better word. And then part of the revenue that comes back from then goes into supporting their work. So our impact is kind of all intertwined. We're kind of giving somebody a chance to tell um, their own story about their own culture and their own words and kind of validating um, that by, by selling it and saying that there is demand for stories like these and people want to learn about who you are and your community and what you're doing. And then also money going back into supporting that work in a really sustainable way um, is really, really exciting. So yeah, that's kind of how we, we partner with people to tell stories about the world. Grace, I love that quote. Um, we'll have to track down the like official, official words for it. Um, but that idea about stories being windows and mirrors, I think that resonates so much. And also some pretty stark facts when you were saying 23% of kids' books, um, you know, have space for um, anything outside of, what was it? Sort of white people, animals and inanimate objects? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's big. Um, also really interesting, I feel like I've been sitting having a slight epiphany, um, and I, I don't know, Erin and Grace, if you're the same, but sort of looking back on some of the kids' books that we might have read when we were little and um, noticing the diversity or the lack of diversity in those books. Um, so it's really, really cool to hear that, Grace, that you're sort of driving that change and really demonstrating um, that there is demand for, you know, more different broad stories in kids books because I think that is so so needed um and also reflecting on um Erin and Grace what you just shared I think it's kind of cool to see that the concepts and principles behind you know the work that you do Erin I'm sort of more in the marketing space and also that um the core part of your business Grace that storytelling side of things isn't really that different um, you know, even though from on the surface, they might seem quite different, the core concepts behind what storytelling and reporting means in those different contexts, is kind of fundamentally the same. So I think that's, that's really cool. Um, we're heading towards the end of the episode and something we find really helpful as part of this um, Voices of Regen podcast is that talking about something is great and it's really awesome to sort of dig into what different things mean and, you know, the, the big picture ideas behind regenerative business concepts. Something we really love is to then bring that down to earth and get practical about it. Um, so we'd love to hear, Erin and Grace, if you have, um, you know, come across any reporting tools, frameworks, standards, anything like that, that have been really helpful um, in the work that you do, whether that's around communicating your own story or whether that's helping to communicate the story of others. Erin, I might throw to you first. Sure thing. So there's obviously an enormous amount of really robust um, 
and detailed reporting out there with your impact reporting, your impact scorecards, certifications like your B Corp, your Climate Active, 1% for the Planet. All of these types of things are a fantastic way to get that kind of that substantiation of your claims. But I also find that particularly for businesses that are purpose-led and impact-led, they often don't realise how much good they're already doing because their vision for how much positive impact they want to make is so massive and they might feel like, well, we're only 3% of the way there. And so they don't talk about it. And I feel like we've even been guilty of this ourselves. You know, if, if you sit down with someone in our team and they talk to you for 15 minutes about all the things that we've done, it's like, oh, my goodness, young folks has done all of these things. That's incredible. How did you ever have the time? But we haven't done a very good job of communicating that outwardly because it, to us, it always feels like it's never enough. There's always more that we're doing. So I'd encourage anyone that's whatever stage of their journey they're on when it comes to regeneration to remember to share your story. And if you're not in a headspace or a capacity space to be able to put together a beautifully designed, you know, PDF impact, you know, report to sit alongside an annual report or anything like that, even something as simple as putting a page on your website where you regularly update what initiatives you've already achieved and what initiatives are in progress, just to make sure that you're acknowledging your journey, sharing the story of that journey and, and also acknowledging that you're not done yet either because when it comes to regeneration I mean by nature by even the kind of the meaning of the word it's the work is never done so we're never going to finish our, our regenerative work we'll keep doing it so let's acknowledge that in the way we share and report um, that story as well. I love that, Erin. Uh, and that reminds me of a phrase that I came across when I started exploring what regeneration actually is. This was this would probably have been about two years ago. And I remember the phrase progress over perfection uh, being brought up quite a few times. And that idea of um, it's not about reaching some sort of perfect state where we've, you know, done everything and then we've solved whatever the problem was. It's about... Um, constantly progressing and you know continuing to realize potential in different areas and continuing to make the world you know a more inclusive more more thriving place and um, I think what you talked about with uh, recognizing the progress that you've already made and also the work that you're continuing to do is a really practical way of communicating your impact is such uh, a practical and useful tip for so many organizations out there who might be wondering where to start. Grace, flipping over to you now, really curious to hear if you have any, you know, really practical tools that have supported you through your work. Yeah, um, just to echo what Erin said as well, that's so true. And like as a, a founder of a small business where it feels like you're never quite doing enough or you're never quite reaching those, those goals that you want to be hitting. Uh, yeah, it is really important to take the time and just sit and be proud of yourself and acknowledge the work that's happened so really yeah like that you called that out Erin um for me I I don't know if it's yeah just just my nature but I tend to get um stuck and overwhelmed maybe it's everyone I always am surprised by 
the human experience and other people having the same problems that I do. Um, but I'm a really big fan of canvases. Um, so instead of starting with like blank pages and being like, oh my goodness, I have to make a story or make a report or um, put something together that for a funding application, um, I find canvases so great. So I've got two to recommend. Um, one, unfortunately, is from a company or an organization that I don't think they've made it public, but I'm sure there's other brilliant ones out there. But storytelling canvases are really, really great. Um, if you don't know where to start in telling a story or, or what your story content even is, um, I just had a quick Google before to try and see if it was online, but I found a really um, great one on um, a website called Semantic Scholar. So if you just type in Semantic Scholar Storytelling Canvas, um, it kind of gets you to think about all the different components of a story before you actually start writing it. So you're not starting from a blank page. You're kind of getting across your key messages. You're getting across, you know, what the point of your story is um, and keeping people engaged along the way. So that's that's one recommendation. The other thing I find super helpful for overwhelm, um, particularly in an impact space, is having a really clear program logic, which I think I mentioned before. It's essentially just saying, you know, what is the problem that we're trying to solve? What are our activities? What are we doing? Um, and what can we expect to change from that? And so often it kind of feels like you're stuck in this chaos or this mess of change because it doesn't ever happen how you want it to. And there's always far more other people and organizations contributing to change that you are also seeking to make. Um, so it's really good to kind of just map out all the different ways that those are uh, connected and kind of acknowledge Yes, I can kind of see that we are creating this change in the world and we're hoping that it's going to have a ripple effect and, and create this and in the long term, you know, contribute to, to very grand things. For us, it might be more harmonious societies or better cross-cultural understanding, but, you know, one, one picture book so far is not going to get there by itself. Um, so just having a very clear map of that makes your storytelling a lot stronger because it, it brings people again on that journey with you. You can say, we, we can see that this is happening and we hope that this is an indicator that this other change is happening in the long run. We might not be able to see it yet, but this is where we're aiming for. Um, so there's many different templates online for a program logic and um, great online tools or sticky notes on paper just to get you started with that as well. Super practical. Thanks so much, Grace. And I really also, I love that you brought up program logic. Um, in the previous work I was doing when I was based in Aotearoa, New Zealand, we did a lot working with clients around impact measurement. Um, and so interesting um, how I think it's really natural um, and maybe a human nature thing to want to start by measuring stuff and just figuring out what you can measure. And often we found ourselves having conversations with clients saying, well, let's take a moment and figure out what change you actually are creating and what change you actually want to create in the world. And um, program logical, you know, sometimes they get called impact models or theory of change. And I know there's slightly different, you know, there's a few differences between those various things. Um, but that concept of being able to say, what do we do? And how does that create positive change in the world? And how are all those different outcomes and impacts and changes interrelated with one another? That's such a useful and practical way for people to figure out what they should actually be reporting on and what outcomes they really want to focus on when they're telling the story of their impact. So yeah, super stoked that you brought that up. And I also think that um, those tips around storytelling canvases is so useful as well, because you know, 
as you said, there's so much work that's already been done out there and it's really cool for people to be able to call on those. Um, we'll also make sure to provide a whole bunch of links in the show notes for these really great resources that uh, Grace and Erin have shared today. So that brings us to the end of the episode. And I've been taking a few, um, I've been scribbling down a few notes while we've been chatting and um, yeah, really, really exciting conversation. And my head is still buzzing. And I think I'll be sort of getting my head around some of these discussions for the rest of the day. Uh, but just a few really cool points that I'd love to recap that Grace and Erin have shared today. Um, firstly, the difference between storytelling and reporting. And we kind of talked about how um, in many ways, reporting can often be about substantiating um, the work that you do, you know, really focusing on data, statistic, and facts. And on the other side of the coin, storytelling is a little bit more about creating an emotional connection with your work. And so I think in that way, reporting and storytelling can be um, really complementary to one another. Also, the point that Erin made around, you know, that sort of micro-reporting and using uh, certifications like B Corp certification and 1% for the planet as a way of really succinctly uh, sharing a message about what your organization is about. Um, and also then looking at what happens if your organization perhaps doesn't have heaps of resources on hand to get those detailed certifications and how you might be able to report on your impact in a really effective and efficient way. Um, so thinking about, you know, Erin's practical tip for having, um, just a page on your website that talks about what you're already doing and what you've already achieved. And then also um, the sort of future work that, that you're doing and, and how you're growing um, your positive impact in future is a really practical way of doing things. I think also aligning um, with existing frameworks like the sustainable development goals of the five capitals, also really helpful tips for making sure that you're sort of speaking the language of, um, of your stakeholders. And then that quote um, that Grace shared around stories are being, uh, sorry, stories being both windows and mirrors. And I think um, the way that that can help us to think about what we're communicating it, how we're communicating it and who we're communicating it with. Um, so lots of really, really good stuff in this discussion today. And Grace and Erin just wanted to say thank you so much um, for joining and this has been yeah a brilliant discussion and we'll make sure to share a whole bunch of links because I'm sure that our listeners will be really keen um, to get amongst those and figure out how the advice that you've provided today can help them with their storytelling and reporting so thanks so much thank you for having us thanks for having us Claire awesome Ka kite. see you later everyone